This is Financing the Future, a UNEP FI podcast with the change makers who are driving the transition towards sustainable finance, saving people and planet. I am your host, Elliot Harris. The UN Environment Programme's finance initiative catalyzes action across the financial system to align economies with sustainable development. By investing in innovative projects and technologies that contribute to the sustainability goals in sustainable and climate resilient projects, banks support the transition to greater sustainability. Their finance also makes an important contribution to mitigating potential risks associated with environmental challenges such as extreme weather events and persistent shifts in weather patterns, pollution and waste. In their lending practices, banks can also anticipate or react to regulatory changes and shifts in consumer preferences. The transition to a more sustainable economy clearly presents numerous investment opportunities that banks and their clients can benefit from. It also reduces the risks to their own and to their clients' bottom lines that is inherent in climate change and environmental degradation. But is that all it takes? Is it enough to merely direct the existing financing products and instruments more clearly towards sustainable projects to achieve overall sustainability and to do so within existing deadlines? Or does the financial industry need a different set of tools and products to enable the transition to sustainable economies and societies? Fundamentally, it is about getting sustainability into the core of all operations. And it starts with us and then it starts to understand our customers. And then, of course, every step we take has to have the full, you can say, support across the bank. It starts to understand our customers. And then, of course, every step we take has to have the full, you can say, support across the bank. In this episode, we look at why innovation in sustainability and climate-linked financial products is important. We're joined today by Frank Fang Jensen, the president and group CEO at Nordea, a universal bank headquartered in Helsinki, Finland, with a 200-year history of supporting the growth of the Nordic economies. Nordea is a signatory to the Principles for Responsible Banking and to the Net Zero Banking Alliance. Mr. Van Jensen has been in the finance industry for over 20 years, and he has experience in both the private and public sectors. In 2023, an expert jury named Mr. Van Jensen as Finland's Transformation Leader of the Year for driving the growth of Nordea's business and shareholder value. Frank, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Thank you. Frank, I just mentioned in my introductory remarks that banks can contribute to mitigating environmental and other sustainability risks. Do you believe that banks have some sort of a corporate social responsibility, if you will, to support this transition to more sustainable economies and societies? Absolutely. Absolutely. Banks have a responsibility to support the transition in the world, that's for sure. I think you can see, the way I look at it is that you can choose to take two stances here. You can choose to take the stance out of a general desire to make the the planet a more livable place, uh, or you can choose to adopt the position because you're very rational and um, and recognize the very real financial risks that uh, our customers as a bank face as a result of the climate change, which you also said in your introduction. 
uh, I will say that um, that um, if a bank's customers face risks, then those are also risks for the bank itself. So you have a duty as a bank to stay to stay on top uh, and manage those risks just like any other risks. Uh, if you look at our case in Nodare, at Nodare, we factor climate change into our risk models, of course. But we also see it as a as our responsibility to help to help reduce the impact of those risks. So fighting climate change is our fight too, and um, and uh, it is a part of our purpose. But uh, but there are two ways into it, and uh, I believe the right way is to to both use the rational part, but also have a purpose that as a company will take you in the right direction for the greater good. Thank you for that. Um, and you mentioned a moment ago that, you know, helping the the cl bank's clients face the risk that arises out of climate change also helps the bank to face that risk because it translates into a risk for the bank. Now, helping a large business consumer to make this transition towards greater sustainability is presumably quite different from helping a small business. I mean, a, a big business is much better equipped to undertake the transition. It has more resources to deal with the with the uh, new challenges that arise. How do you as a bank go about supporting your clients, the big ones and the small ones? And is it a different proposition? It is a different proposition, but there are also many similarities. And uh, let me just start uh, sort of like on the overall level, and then we can try to to split it, how we work with sort of like both the very large corporates and, and the broad SMEs, which of course is a is having a different nature. So I would say, first of all, you should as a bank understand where you can really make the most impact, where you really can make a difference. And, um, and uh, Nodare is the largest bank in the Nordic countries. And uh, we have a responsibility to use our size and our strengths at a as a force for good um, and the interesting part being a bank compared to any other company or most other companies i would say that is if you think about our internal operations they are only 0.1 percent of total emissions so 99 percent of our emissions are actually from financed emissions meaning loans and financing that we are granting to our clients uh, so the biggest impact, as you also allude to, uh, 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 we can make that comes through our lending and supporting our customers with their transition plans. So it is uh, both supporting our customers' green investments, but it also is about invest uh, investments in reducing harmful harmful impacts. Um, and, and of course, needless to say, there are many different product types. Um, green mortgages, savings are important uh, part of the puzzle as well. Uh, but but income or impact comes from helping businesses with their transitions. And uh, just an example, the last two years, we have lent more than 100 billion uh, in sustainable financing uh, to our customers. And that's just one example. But there are many, many, many actions. And um, and many, I think, great work is being done. Uh, but at the same time, we we must we we also know that much more needs to be done uh, in order to to accelerate the transition and reduce sort of like the continued negative impact. 
Um, so all in all, a role as a bank goes beyond helping uh, the world move to low carbon. We need a holistic picture on sustainability, which is what is what is exactly what which we try to what we try to achieve in Odere. Thank you, Frank. But let me let me follow up a little bit on that question of supporting your clients. Um, do you use as a bank? Do you use one sort of broadly common approach to? the way in which you foster sustainability with your clients, or do you have to and try to tailor your approach to the client's specific situations and their needs? Uh, does it differ across sectors, for example, the way you engage with your clients? What do you, do you take sectoral approaches in your work with regard to sustainability? Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. And, and yes, we do. And, um, and I think the way you can see it is that the large corporates are often, are often more mature in their sustainability work for natural reasons, right? They have apartments, they have sort of like, uh, you know, boards that challenge it, they have regulation to some extent and so. Uh, so they have more insights in their risks and their impacts. And um, they might need sizable investments. Uh, they might need long-term risk mitigation plans to manage their transition challenges. And our our support to these customers is bespoke to their to the specific needs and uh, and of course the mature uh, maturity of their sector or the region or or how we define it. Um, when you look at the smaller business, it's it's a different story. Uh, we have more than five hundred thousand uh, of these business customers, and of course, needless to say, you can't you cannot engage on an individual level in the same way. So, so you, but you need to help them, but with the tools to help them to do certain simple things themselves. And an example, simple example, but actually, which is very welcome, and they 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 appreciate it a lot. That could be a carbon footprint calculator to get them starting uh, started to understand. So, what what is my impact? And and then the question, of course, comes: How can I work with it? And here, training and advice is 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 activities that we we do a lot of it's an easy way we can gather groups we can get you know many customers into the same room and try to help them and thereby making them start the journey uh, sort of like a little bit wiser than they were before uh, there are also also sort of like a couple of other things to to keep in mind um, everything that we can do to gather the financial service industry uh, around our clients, helping them. And it's not about competing. It's actually about sort of like making the value chain. It could be accounting systems. It could be many other things. Help the clients uh, is uh, is very, very important. And uh, we try to do our part, but of course we are dependent on on most others chipping in as, as, as well. Uh, then it's, it's, it's also about sort of like with the sort of like the the SME business is also being a sort of platform where we link different clients and different sectors uh, uh, and different experts uh, into sort of like events where we discuss different topics and get different angles. And we we experience that that is very appreciated by our clients because in that way they meet peers. And basically, everybody is struggling with the same problems right now or same challenges, if you can say, get how do I get going? I have 10 cars. I'm a carpenter. I'm very good at what I'm doing. How do I start? Where do I start? What do I do? And sort of like, how do I measure my progress? So um, 
so as long our as our customer shares um, our commitment to transition, I would say the way we work, both regarding the large ones and the small mid ones, is about supported supporting them in in every stage. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, your question could be, what if they don't want to change? Then, of course, it will lead to an exit from our side because we need them to change. Thank you. That's a very interesting perspective, Frank, because, as you say, the, the, the first and most important precondition is the desire to change. Yes. And that's where you then have an entry point to provide specific help. And I thought it quite interesting as well that you talk about bringing together actors from different aspects of the business's activities so that uh, you can all sort of collaborate in providing that success. Now, that I'm uh, interpreting that to mean that um, there will be not just doing the traditional bank business in a slightly different way, but in some cases, adapting the business of the bank itself. Now, um, do you see the need to develop entirely new products or or tools that are specifically designed to react to uh, investments in sustainable projects? Or is it possible to adapt the existing toolkit that you have, the existing range of products, and direct the finance and the support to more sustainable objectives that way? I would Brand say new or adapt? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I, I would say the latter. So you can adapt to a very large extent. Of course, there are, there is a need for some new offering, but fundamentally, it is about getting sustainability into the core of all operations. And it starts with us. And then fundamentally, it is about getting sustainability into the core of all operations. And it starts with us. And then it starts to understand our customers. And then, of course, every step we take has to have the full, you can say, support across the bank. It starts to understand our customers. And then, of course, every step we take has to have the full, you can say, support across the bank. So it comes from the board, sort of like it's, it has to be integrated in the processes of the bank and then eventually in the the uh, product offering. And, and I must say that it's not rocket science. It is about understanding what is needed, where can we make a change, how can we motivate the customers, where can we help the customers, should it be sort of like price, is the risk, what is it that we work with? And 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 then things starts to happen. Um, so uh, and then, as I said, it's very much up to us to understand where the customers are, and then make them understand how they work with making a difference. And um, and actually, we have most of the tools I would say in place. It's just to to try to scale it uh, uh, to an even higher level than we do today. I see. Um- what about the regulatory side? As a bank, you are, of course, subject to oversight and, and regulations. Do you feel that the, the regulation, regulatory side also needs to adapt to the new approach to providing financial support uh, to drive the transition towards sustainability? Or do the existing rules and regulations not really constrain you as you move towards uh, greater sustainability, more sustainable projects, more sustainable investments. I think speaking sort of like on behalf of being a European regulated bank, I would say that I feel that we have all what we need. And I feel that actually in our case, we are regulated by primarily ECB. 
they are fully uh, onboarded here and they are they are actually both uh, supporting but also challenging uh, which they should as a regulator and um, and no i would say that that we have what we need i think many brings up the example where you know we need to make big investments and investments with quite much more risk than you are used to take as a bank and that's of course right and um and, and and most banks are not geared to take that risk because the sort of like the profile we have is actually uh, lending out money that we expect to get back. Uh, we are not investing sort of like uh, uh, on the lending side that we will do on the asset management side. Uh, but on the other hand, there are so much money out there that wants to go to green products and projects and um, and we have a role facilitating that money into sort of like uh, the to the customers that really need it. So you can do it in many ways without jeopardizing your balance sheet and and thereby, you know, don't risk ending up with having an impact on your portfolio quality. So, no, I don't see any big issues, honestly. Frank, I'm going to um, ask a more pointed question. A moment ago when you were talking about dealing with the clients, you said that it is absolutely necessary that they buy into the need to transition and that if they do not, then the bank has to start thinking about an exit strategy. I I heard that and I immediately thought that that must be difficult, especially in cases where you've had a long-standing relationship with a client. If that client is not prepared to begin the transition towards more sustainability in their operations. Do you phase your engagement down? Do you try to redirect it? Do you continue trying to re- to convince the, the client that the future is actually necessarily more sustainable than the past was? How, how do you handle that? I must say that sort of like in most cases, uh, our clients, they are very much aware of what needs to be done. They uh, they are already in a transition. They are investing. They are changing. Um, very often, it's just a matter of speed. So, what would be the required speed to meet sort of like the requirements that are needed to get a better balance? And there, remember, we have committed as a bank because we have a very ambitious targets being a financial provider. And uh, of course, we want our customers to be aligned with us. And that's very much about the why, discussing, understanding, helping. And then I would say usually you you don't end up in, in trouble with the clients. They, they will accept, they will understand. And by the way, most of them are super ambitious. So that's the way, way we face it in the Nordic. So I don't see any sort of like big issues here. Very good. And that, that's very encouraging news as well. It's, it's good to hear that they're thinking already in those terms. You mentioned that the regulatory authority, the ECB in your case, um, does monitor what you're doing as a bank, uh, in particular to assess the risk. You also mentioned that the clients have need of help sometimes in setting up um, the, the, the framework to first assess what kind of carbon footprint they may be having, or kind of environmental footprint, and then also to measure their progress in managing this. How how do you measure and monitor progress? What metrics do you use? And above all, how do you try to link these metrics to the global targets and goals, like the Sustainable Development Goals of the UN? Yeah, 
Yeah, of course, that's a big question. So, of course, but but starting with with uh, what we have in place to sort of like uh, monitor our progress. So we have targets for financed emissions in place. We had it, uh, have it on group level for portfolios. We have it for our business areas. We have four business areas. We have it for sectors and we monitor the progress at each level very closely. Um, then we have a group strategy execution plan where we monitor progress in the executive team uh, across the whole organization. And in order to make it sort of like more tangible, we have chopped it up in, in 12 working streams. Uh, for example, creative process, data foundation, risk management, and so on. We follow it very closely and get a, a continuously update on where we are. And then I would say one thing that is very important, I think it's, it's not necessary always needed, but I think it's important. That is the roadmap is linked to the incentive across the group. And that means everybody sort of like that have sort of like a variable remuneration has a link to what we have committed to. Um, and that progress is reported uh, continuously to the um, to the leadership team and the uh, the board of directors. So, so I would say that we on sort of like the bank's internal side are, are very sort of like um, um, uh, much um, uh, clearer on the data points that we need to to follow very closely. Then on the customer side, the, uh, of course, you can say, how do you measure where how mature a customer is? We have something very simple. It's called a maturity ladder that we use for our clients. And uh, and basically that is about, we are mapping our customers based on level of maturity in their transition. And then we can adopt different offerings. And in that way, we can basically follow uh, a very large part of the heavy, uh, bigger customers, where they are, how we can help them, how are they progressing to sort of like the targets and so. Um, and And then I will say that, uh, today we have much better data uh, to monitor than we had before, and I, that not about Nadia, that is about the entire world. So I think we have we have passed sort of like the glossy, fancy reports and come to more standardized uh, numbers uh, right now, and that's very very helpful. And of course, there uh, UN has played a, a significant role, that's for sure. We have, for example, um, also the Corporate Sustainability Report and Directive co uh, uh, coming now in. That will lead to many of the biggest firms will follow the same reporting standard. It's super important. Um, so I would say many, many, many things has happened. And, um, and then you said something about how we link these goals uh, to, uh, to sort of what, what metrics is what that was that what you said? Uh, yes, um, I was I'm asking how they link to the bigger goals like the sustainable development goals. Yeah, yeah. So we have in, in identified our main impact areas and built our strategic priorities on on the sustainability development goals. And what does that mean? That means that um, that uh, we have for Nodea Group, we have um, group level emission reduction target. And uh, we have one of the strongest in the market. So net zero, of course, is 250, uh, 2050. And then we aim for 40 to 50% reduction in emissions in our lending and investments um, by 2030. And um, the targets are based on the science-based pathway. 
in line with the requirement on the net zero banking lines. And, uh, and then, of course, what we need to remember when we follow this very closely, um, it, we, we also want and we need to keep, for example, human rights and also social consideration into the equation. And it's very easy to get lost sort of a little bit like uh, climate is everything. And this is super, super important. But sort of like human rights, the uh, social dimension, uh, the dimension of or the factor of biodiversity or theme of biodiversity is also a very big theme that starts to grow very fast now. Uh, and the understanding is of the importance is also growing. So we try to sort of like in some way use sort of like the definitions in place that makes or that allow us to have concrete data and data that now can be compared uh, across, I should say, uh, countries and industries. And that's very helpful also to sort of like for customers to challenge themselves, but also for us to understand where are we compared to our peers in the industry. Thank you, uh, Frank. There, There is something you mentioned there uh, in that answer that I felt was extremely interesting. You said that there is um, a clear sense that the data situation is moving towards standardization, that more data are available, uh, more corporate clients are using these data to report on their own situation. And of course, um, the data are featured in some of the reporting that financial institutions have to do back to their regulators. But clearly, that is not entirely uniform across all markets and all jurisdictions, at least not yet. Do you see a, a clear convergence in your Northern European markets, in your broader European markets, and in any other markets that you're engaged in, do you see a convergence towards a set of standardized definitions and indicators that the financial industry and their clients can use to assess the degree of progress? I do. So uh, you can, of course, you can ask the question, does it go fast enough, right? But but do I see a, 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 a clearly a, a step uh, and, and fa quite fast steps in the right direction? Yes, I do. In Europe, for example, we have the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, C, uh, CSRD, I think it's called, coming in now. And, and many of the biggest uh, firms will follow the same reporting standards. That's a good example, right? Um, and we want more of that. Uh, we want more of that to, to get, you know, to get the discussion uh, or to make the discussion become about progress and where you want to go now and not about sort of like trying to figure out is it comparable is it the uh, apple and pears or what is it and 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 then of course um uh, we have we have the uh, sustainability development uh, goals sdgs i think we are called aren't they okay. um also plays a a a, a very very interesting a very interesting role. Um, if you look at our emission targets, they are based on, as I said, the science-based pathway in line with the uh, net zero banking alliances. So what I would what I try to say is everything that we can get that will help us to harmonize will just be very, very positive. But I don't feel that we today lack a lot. I think we today are much better equipped than we were three, four, five years ago. That's for sure. And that's very comforting to hear. And it is a question that has been raised uh, by 
industry participants in different jurisdictions as well. Asians, Asian banks, for example, don't have the same sort of more centralized structure that you have in in Europe with the European Central Bank, where there's a central uh, approach to to dealing with these things. So convergence um, and to hear that it is happening relatively quickly, uh, that is a very comforting thought. Um, you've mentioned twice, three times now, the, the Net Zero Banking Alliance. Um, Nordea is also a member of the signatory to the principles for responsible banking. Could I ask you to give to share a little bit your view on on how that kind of membership in in that sort of association or alliance helps you as a as an individual bank in your attempt to make your bank itself more sustainable and to support the transition towards greater sustainability with your clients? I think our style is a bit different because when you look at the principles and it is about understanding that sustainability development, that's glo- that's a global task. So it's important to to engage with 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 peers on a global level. Of course, we can do differences in the countries in which we operate. But honestly, a real su- sustainable development uh, making us having a sort of like much better um, uh, climate situation that that is a global issue. And um, and uh, it's it's a systemic change is only achieved by extensive collaboration and transparency around how should we say it, common challenges and um, and here frameworks like uh, PRB uh, so the the principle for responsible banking are so important um, for ensuring a a global commitment and understanding of what needs to be done. Uh, so it's yet another good example of what can, if you accept that it will help you and we get people with us, then it can be a framework that will enable uh, us to get more united, which is crucial. So we need to get a, a united here. If we sort of like split up the world in many different parts and everybody work in a different uh, separate way it will you know it will go way too slowly thank you i think i think that's really important um the we're getting more and more close to the deadlines yes uh, the 2030 deadlines the 2050 objectives and um there's a common sense that we do need to accelerate our progress quite substantially and i i take your point that a coordinated and, and, and united approach uh, is probably the best way of achieving that. Where do you see the banking industry in 2030, Frank? You've, you've mentioned your own objectives for your bank, Nordea, um, but what, what do you think is necessary to help the industry get to where it needs to be by 2030? Yeah. Of course, you're sort of like a bank is a mirror of its customers. So what is crucial, as, as I said, is that a bank understands that it is by by its lending and investment activities that you can make the difference. And uh, you have to be, of course, leaning in here and be super close to your clients and your investments. And I must say, from a Nordic perspective, Nordic companies are moving in the right direction. It's not so much a question of uh, if they are doing it. It's a question of how fast. So a lot of efforts are being made. Um, I think the the high emission sectors are the most forward leaning. And that, of course, is very positive as they are hardest hit. Um, 
it is the sectors that are further away from the the direct emissions that may need to step up the game. And um, and I think sort of like the focus we have in Europe and, and also in Nordea's case as a bank, with our purpose and with our ambition level, uh, we will get uh, customers or we will help customers that n- that might not move forward with the progress or the speed that is needed. We will help them to understand that we need to speed up. And uh, so I'm actually from a Nordea perspective here in the Nordics, I am quite convinced that in 30, 2030, we will be in a much better position, but we don't have time to waste, that's for sure. Thank you very much indeed, Frank, for that uh, really insightful assessment of where we stand and of what banks can do to support their clients in the transition towards greater sustainability. Um, just drawing together a few uh, key points from, from what you said in summary of of our little discussion this morning. I've heard that for you in Nordea, there is a clear difference between the abilities of your clients to pursue transition towards sustainable uh, development, sustainable uh, operations, and that you have to tailor your support. You can be more facilitating in the case of the larger clients who have the resources and are already well committed to the journey. You have to be much more engaged, much more supportive with the smaller clients and showing them how they can get started and then encouraging them and facilitating them in moving forward more quickly towards greater sustainability in line with the deadlines. Um, The question of measuring the progress, um, you've you've identified that as absolutely central. You have to understand what's needed in order to make the progress, and then you have to monitor how well we're doing going forward. And uh, you were very optimistic about the way in which uh, the industry is converging around standards of of measurement that are allowing the industry to assess better how much progress is being made and how much remains to be done. In Europe, of course, you have the the great advantage of a a more standardized approach, but nonetheless, the progress uh, in your view has been very strong over the last few years and is likely to continue. And um, I took from this that you are somewhat optimistic that the glass is more than half full and it's filling rapidly. And that, that I think, is a, a very important message. So with that, Frank, thank you very much. We'll draw close to this episode of our podcast. My name is Elliot Harris. Uh, did you enjoy this conversation? If you did, please stay in touch with us on our social media handles at UNEP underscore FI, or you can find the UN Environment Programme Finance Initiative on LinkedIn. Until next time, goodbye.